Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. You know, I had uh, I had dreams that this was going to be the roast of uh, Lando Novak. It is the roast sh- of Lando Novak. We have the track blacksmith, baby. Yeah! Work for it! <laughs> yeah, you know what's baby. happening right here on the Work For It podcast? I'm back from Colorado. There, it's just so much thinner down here in uh, Florida at sea level. And we are just hanging out. Lando Novak is in the studio with Brian Cone, B. Cone. Uh, Brian, do you know if Ben is going to be joining us today or not? You know, I've been hearing back and forth from him. Uh, it sounds like he went on a little miniature vacation trip with his family oh. down south from Pennsylvania, and he forgot his computer. So no, ah, he will not that's be right. with us today. I do remember that. Oh. I apologize. I just dove right in, Lando. I had a mouthful of apple. You joined us. It seemed like a very apropos situation where we would just throw you straight into work for it style into the podcast. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, that, that caught me off guard just a little bit there, like right under the bus off the hop. Hey, thanks, bud. Hey, don't you know it? We're right here. We're we're working for it, man. I'm telling you what. That's here's what you the do thing best, about work man. for it. When, yeah, dude, totally. Thanks for hanging out with us today and um, joining us on the podcast, dude. I've thank got all you. kinds of stuff to talk about. Yeah, for for a couple like a couple things that uh, were sort of brought to the forefront. I was there, like thinking it would be really funny to talk about how how much I love Canadians because I always talk about how much I just have like a kinship with just about every Canadian I meet. And then last night I was watching um, like YouTube for some reason uh, popped up uh, Mike Myers, uh, the guy that did, you know, he's the brainchild behind like Wayne's World and all the Austin Powers films. I'm sure you're well aware he is Canadian. Oh, yeah. There was a video that popped up on YouTube and it was him basically recalling or looking back on all of his um, his roles that he played, all the, you know, the different characters he played. And he talked all about. You know, you know, being Wayne on Wayne's World and doing an awesome power thing, and I, he he's look. I I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. He's just but he just looks older now, and it's just like I was watching him talk, and I'm like, God, I am so old now because I remember <laughs> when he was young doing Wayne's World and even Austin Powers, he looked young. And if you see this video on YouTube, I'll I'll put a link to it in the description. He just looks really old, and I'm just like, holy shit. He's still funny. All right, guys. So here's the thing. He's very funny, though. Everybody at him so that he can no, see or no, he can hear him, him hear Brian House. You know, take this little snippet and send it over to him just to That'd hear the funny. disc. He would think Goodness. it's funny, I think, that you oh, know, yeah. he looks oh, old for now, sure. but... He's so and and that like if you if you look back on a lot of very famous comedians and famous actors, there's a ton that are Canadian. Oh yeah, I mean, Jim Carrey, dude. Jim Carrey, um, Michael J. Fox is is also uh, Canadian. Oh yeah, he? is he not? That's right. Let's um, play the game of name that Canadian. Name that Canadian. <laughs> name that Canadian, eh? No, this, see, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I just want to let you know, Lando, uh, that. 
how much I appreciate your podcast, the Forge Forge Side Chat. Um, oh, I know you guys have gone through a little bit of transition with the hosting and stuff, but it's still really good. It's so good to listen to it, and it's really funny. And I put you up there with all my favorite Canadians, just so you know this. I'm I'm beyond humbled, my man. That that's amazing to hear. I right before we started, I I thought I had to go check on the toilet there i thought there was something wrong turns out it wasn't the toilet it was the the septic systems on fire and oh no it's not actually on fire that's just that's just my podcast getting edited right now uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty see i told you you're funny what, what, what can we do i mean it's just I, i'm curious because it's it's one o'clock in the afternoon eastern standard i know you're on what mountain time where you are I'm central, buddy. I'm like smack dab in the middle. Yep. Okay. So you're, it's noon. And um, are we going to hear any pop crackles today? Or is it, that's like an over with thing. Like you don't do that in the middle of the day. You don't hear that. I've got to go back to work after this, buddy. Oh, that's right. I I I left. This is my lunch break. I thought that you were off for the rest of the week. Uh, I am starting at four o'clock today. Four o'clock. And I tried to kind of duck out early today and make it like just a half day, but we kind of got slammed last minute with uh, some emergency work. So I get you. I hear, well, yeah. we hey, we appreciate you jumping in on your lunch hour, man. That's amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh. And uh, okay, real quick before we shift too heavy into uh, Lando, you know what we do here on the Work for Podcast. You're a Patreon. You listen to every episode, or at least I think you do. And oh, yeah. if you don't, just lie to me and tell me you do. Well, and then, there's no lie. <laughs> all right, all right. And and then also, so, all right, you guys know I've been in Colorado for the last week, right? So I've Hell been yeah. traveling, oh, yeah. and we did a class out at Kilroy's. I've been talking about it on the podcast for a while, and um, I'm back now from that adventure. It was really amazing. It was life-changing, you know, to work with people who follow my work, enjoy the things that I do, want to build a revolution. We set some lofty goals. We had some issues with some tooling, some bottleneck issues, so we didn't get to complete all 13. However, the eight students that did sign up and pay, all eight of those revolutions were built in four days. And um, I got to meet some amazing people. It was just awesome. It was really awesome to see, like, Kilroy's workshop and all of his staff, Ron Hardman, who is a Forge and Fire champion, uh, you know, built this school out in Colorado Springs called Kilroy's Workshop. And if you're not familiar with it, go out and Google it and find it. Uh, he, you know, you can walk in there. There's uh, he's got four forges uh, that are natural gas forges and I don't know, 20 anvils, power hammers, presses. He's got coal iron forge presses. He's just loaded down with all the stuff you need to actually do any kind of project you could even think of in the blacksmithing world but then you can also go there and get like welding certified and all the all these different things that you can do there so watching the watching that school operate was so much fun and then having his staff help us and and assist us in building these revolutions was just like it was amazing so i had a great time out there i'm back i and of course like a moron i launched the true tilt table project right before i left (laughs) thinking you know, we might get some sales or whatever. We made a hundred of them. We sold a hundred of them. So in one week, we sold all of there them. There it is. I'm not surprised. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous, man. Unbelievable. You know, so we've got another hundred on order. So just we're back ordered at this point. But um, 
anyway, lots lots of stuff going on. And I, to be honest, I'm a little burned out. I'm a little tired because we yesterday I thought we shipped 65 orders. I was wrong. We shipped 88 orders yesterday. You in two days, really, because we packed on Monday and then we got a, most of the day on Tuesday and then the, the truck came late. And then we ended up loading on 88 orders yesterday. And so we still, we still have a handful left. We have like 40 or some left that we're packing, but uh, it's been a blur, baby. It's been a blur and I don't Wait even know what to do with it at all. So did I anyway. hear that right? A, a Brian house handful is 40 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, more than that's a, is a waste. Um, okay. That's the way right, I look at right. it. But, uh, but yeah, no, it, like when I look at my order sheet, when I see 40, I think, Okay, we're getting ahead of this. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's take the afternoon off. I'm going to kick my feet up. <laughs> Jeez. So, so it was anyway. that uh, project that you did at Kilroy's, was that the first time you've done something like that? It's the first time we've done anything like that, yeah. Uh, and, and we didn't really know what we were getting into. You know, we're – unfortunately – okay, so Kilroy's is a big place. It's like two big buildings, basically. Gorgeous there, man. It, Oh, unbelievable. Backdrop is the mountains. You know, Pikes Peak is right there, 14,000 square or 14,000 feet above sea level. Where the workshop is, it's like 6,700 feet above sea level. And um, you've got this awesome backdrop of mountains. You're blacksmithing. You're working with these really well-known, like a bunch of people are coming through there, well-known people who are in that community. Uh, working on different projects and whatnot. And then there's like a maker space where you can just walk in and do stuff. Like if you're a member of the school, you can walk in and just use grinders and power. Handling. You obviously have to sign up for it, but it's, it's all of that. And then, um, so we shipped them all these kits. And then when we got there, uh, I got the news that the, the mill was broken mm. and that we would have to do all of this work on a drill press. And it was a small drill press. Um, so somebody had tried to drill a hole using an end mill and they snapped the quill on the, oh, on no. this, he had this big lagoon. Yeah. Beautiful lagoon knee mill, kind of like a bridge port. And I was planning on using that to drill and tap all the holes. So the bottleneck was definitely the drill press, you know, just having a, you know, and I got a, a firsthand look at what it's like to build a revolution with just a standard set of tools. Like, you don't, you know, there was nothing special. So I learned a lot in that process because I'm spoiled and I have my own mill. But um, but yeah, this is the first time we ever did it. It was a huge success. I mean, by the time the day two like was over with and all those machines were built, it was like such a cool thing to see eight revolutions, you know, stacked up in a line and, you know, get to be able to take photographs with it and stuff. And it was awesome. And of course, we're doing social media. So we're like crushing the socials. And whenever we do social media, uh you know, we get more orders. So it was like, I was kind of like coming back to a pile of not just true tilt tables, but a pile of orders for revolutions as well. So we're, you know, just working yeah. at every corner, man. That's awesome. Every dude. angle, man. We're just working at every angle. Yeah. Your workshops remind me a lot of what I think it's John Perlou that's doing that with the uh, tire hammer yes. classes, right? Yes. Yeah. And he invited me to come to Louisiana and do one there. And I awesome. think what we'll do when we do John's class, we'll probably do more than eight because I think he's got the right, you know, setup. Hell to do. Yeah. I think they do 50 tire hammers at once. I'm, I'm pretty sure, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they do 50. That's crazy. And, um, we could do 50 revolutions, I think. Oh, yeah. 50, get away. 50 tire hammers to 50 revolutions easily. It's about, for about sure. right. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. 
Yep. So yeah, the amount of work that goes into aren't you? I've got Orlando? two revolutions on the go. I've got two revolutions on the go. I've got two tire hammers on the go. Good, what man. else? Yeah, geez, I got a couple other things that I'm making for some other people, a couple striking anvils and stuff. But yeah, the revolution, I've got one of them is very close to done. The second one, I've got a, a couple more parts that I still need to plasma cut out and, and finesse. But uh, yeah, the one of them is like really close and ready to go. But uh I've got, I kind of got slammed recently with a little bit of an order for some stools and table legs. And then uh, work is just insane. Plus, we, we bought this new house. It's just a massive yard. And the yard work is just killing me, dude. Like, I was in the yard from, I think, 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday till about midnight. And wow. Sunday, I was, ju- I was just wiped Sunday. I couldn't do anything. I was just like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm sore. I'm tired. <laughs> Slept like 13 hours. Oh, man. But- you yeah, did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that totally happen. Yeah, for sure. Especially because it's pretty warm up there right now during the day, right? I mean, it's it gets into yeah. the 80s or Fahrenheit anyway. Well, that's um, why I didn't bother being in the shop. It was too hot to be in the shop. I just said, screw it. Let's do yard work. It's a beautiful day. Let's get it done. Hey, eh? yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. You know, and you get exercise and you're outside and you're breathing fresh air. It's like a it's like a win win for everybody. Lando, right. tell me a little bit about. Okay, I know you. You're a part time you know, in your shop doing your work part-time and, uh, but you also have a, your, your, you do other fabrication work as a, as your day job kind of thing. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about like, what's a daily routine look like for you? Uh, daily routines can turn around really easily for me during the week. I'm usually up at about six, six thirty in the morning, head to work, spend the day at work till about four o'clock usually. I work in research and development, so what I do during my day job can vary all over the place. Sometimes it's welding, sometimes it's machining, sometimes it's driving one of the vehicles for testing or setting up uh, coolant testing or who who knows. It could could be all over the place. I could be sitting in meetings all day long talking about the the direction of where the next project is going to go or something like that or, or designing something, which is not really my forte, but I get you know, kind of brought into it every once in a while because of good ideas that I'll, I'll come up with. And it's hard to portray an idea sometimes versus just putting it on paper for other people. So that's, that's what I do for the day job, essentially. And then uh, I usually head home. Sometimes I'll spend some time with the kid right after, after work and the, and the wife and do whatever needs to be done. Depends on how the day is going. If, uh, if I see an opportunity for free time, I head out to that shop as soon as I can and start working on whatever it is that, you know, like I said, man, I got a million projects going on. So it's like walk in and just and pick one depends what I feel like doing that day. Essentially, sometimes I'm like, you know, no, I just I don't want to worry about this project that's all over my workbench right now. I'm just going to just going to leave it be. I can handle the mess. I, I'm going to light up the forge and I'm going to forge something up because I just I feel like I need that. And uh, you know what? That's something that I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about actually was that struggle of deciding to do this full time or doing it part time. And when you're part time, you have uh, part time, call it part time, maybe casual. But when you're when you're in this boat where I've got a full time job that pays me fairly well and I come home and I do this on the side, I have that option to just pick and choose what I want. The day that I flip that switch and decide to go full time that option kind of disappears and it's like, no, you, you got to hit that grinder and get, get the jobs out there. You know, people are 
expecting work from you. They're paying you for it. So you got to provide, right? Yeah, that is definitely something I've noticed on my switch to full time is like the the stress of like, hey, now I have hard and fast deadlines because back when I was part time, I could, you know, of course, I tell people, hey, it's going to be this amount of time and I, I hit it. But, you know, that that time, that that amount of time that I tell people would be a really long time because I knew that, hey, you know, Target could schedule me for 45 hours in a week and I'd only get a couple hours in the shop or they could schedule me for eight hours and I'd be way ahead of things. I have no, you know, no ability to really, you know, monitor that myself. So I would tell people these big, long deadlines and I would hit them, of course. But switching over to full time where it's like, I'm telling people shorter deadlines because this is what I expect myself to get these things done as. And that amount of stress is definitely, it's a, it's a, it's a different thing. It's a whole different ball game, but yeah, I'm totally, I'm on the same boat where it's like, you know, once you go full time and you realize like, Hey, there's no other paycheck coming in other than the work that I get done in the shop. Holy shit. Is that scary? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everything becomes work, you know, like, yeah, it does. This is yeah. People, romanticize being an entrepreneur and I've done it for so long now. I just don't even know what it's like to work for other people. Although I, I think that my customers are my, my, my supervisors, so to speak, or my people that I work for. And I think of it in terms of this, like, uh, I think it was Mark Cuban said it like on, um, like shark tank or something. It's like an entrepreneur is somebody that's willing to work 80 hours for himself versus 40 hours for someone else. They would rather do that. And that is not always the case. I mean, I'm not working 80 hours a week, but uh, I definitely work a lot harder and more. I'm more dedicated to the work that I do for myself than I ever was for working for somebody else, because I just feel like I owe it to myself and I want to build something. You know, my long term plan for my life is that, you know, I don't want to work this hard the rest of my life, but I want to build something like this company I'm building with Housemade relatively young. Although I'll say like in my entrepreneurial journey, I'm, you know, 15 years in housemate is really only four years old. So, you know, it's got a lot of a lot to a lot of area to grow into and time to grow into and build client base and all that Uh, rapid, though. It's very rapid. It's just the you know, I'm 45. I've got like maybe 15 more good working years ahead of me. And if one of my kids decides they doesn't want to continue on with housemaid, then I would be like, well, I don't know what to do with it. I have to sell it or sell the projects or whatever it is. But I think in terms of equity of my time, whereas when I was working for somebody else, I thought, well, I could do this for 40 years or 30 years and then get my pension or retirement or my investments will cash in or whatever. And in terms of being an entrepreneur, I don't think like that. I just think I'm going to do this until the wheels fall off because I enjoy yeah. it so much. My yeah. my life is is like I wake up every morning going, oh, shit, what are we going to do today? I'm like t- excited to see, even though days like today and yesterday and Monday were a little bit busy for me and and very stressful at times. And, you know, we're shipping new product. We're doing all these different things. And it's like. But it's all problem solving. Every single time I turn around, there's another problem to solve. The goal is to get a little bit ahead of it every day. Now, when it comes to working for someone else, I found myself basically saying, I'll deal with that later, like a lot. Like I would put things off a lot because it didn't matter as much, you know, to me. That problem will be there tomorrow. I will handle it tomorrow. It will not change how much money I make. 
Exactly. You know, if I, if I don't That's solve that the problem big key. today, it's the key, right? Because you yeah. think about it, like today, uh, I'll solve a problem that might make me $10,000 next week. You know, yep. if I think of it in terms of that, that's a real strong motivator <clears throat> to keep going, to keep working really hard. So, you know, some people are built for that day job stuff and some people aren't. And I think there's a lot more people that wish they could do the business ownership thing. And, you know, they just don't have it in them or they're just too they don't like risk or whatever that might be. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, are well, you thinking about going full time? Like, what's your what's your thought? I mean, I know you're I, talking about it. Yeah, I've wanted to for a long time, man. But you know, again, the, the the problem exactly like what you bring up. There's there's the risk that is involved with you know going full time, and for me, Ben brought this up last episode with uh, Frog Pod talking about how um, the decision to jump into a full force is when you flip that switch, you're you're in full full force. You don't have a choice. Everything goes to your business now, not maybe later or I'll, I'll you know, I'll get, I'll get to it. It's like, no, you need to get it done now. And you get a lot of problems that come your way and you instantly become this massive problem solver. For me, one of the aspects that I'm looking at it is I'm foreseeing a lot of these problems that will come my way. <clears throat> I come from a bit of a lineage of uh, family that um, were entrepreneurs. Uh, my grandparents on my mother's side owned a photography studio in Edmonton. Nice. And my grandparents on my father's side owned a couple of hotels in Manitoba here. So, you know, building off of that lineage, I, I've I've got some insight into how all of that works and seeing a lot of the problems that come along with it. Um, one of the big problems for me right now is I've got a daughter that's six years old and mm. there's a side to me that's going like, she, she deserves dad right now. She doesn't deserve mm. a dad that's focused on trying to build a business. So I was very focused on trying to get my business off and running for <clears throat> a few years there. And I, I kind of stepped back and was like, you know what? What's what's the rush? Enjoy life right now yeah. with your daughter. Spend as much time as you can as a family. There's going to be a time when that daughter decides that, sorry, dad, thing, my friends are more important than you are, yeah. right? It, it happens. Right. So when that day comes, the, the focus, I think, will go back towards that. You know, my biggest thing right now is my job is 40 hours plus a week. Um I'll put in 60 hours a week on a regular basis. That's very hard to manage um, a side hustle with. Right. If if I was able to put in 30 hours a week, my side hustle would explode, guaranteed. But I don't have that option with my current job. And I don't know how to find something similar to what I do as far as enjoying what I do plus rate of pay. Mm. Right. So like, I enjoy what I do f a lot. Um, I play, like, like I said before, I play with all sorts of different things. Some days I'm welding, some days I'm designing, some days I'm just out driving. And when I'm, dude, man, I freaking I've put a bus through a parking lot sideways before because they wanted to test the traction control on the bus. And they're like, you need to make this thing spin out, Lyndon. Sweet. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. Now did I, you if, watch did you watch uh Speed, that old movie with Dustin Hoffman and uh, Keanu oh, Reeves yeah. beforehand to, to, oh, like get all yeah. psyched up and ready for something like that? I mean it, all all joking aside, it does sound like you enjoy your day work, which a lot of people don't. A lot of people that are 
uh, thinking about going full time or daydreaming about about it because they really dislike their current situation. Like Brian working for Target, you know, he was just every time I would talk with Brian about it, he you could just tell that he had massive disdain <laughs> for the work that he was doing for a corporate entity like like that company. But I, I don't hate a I lot. Get it. I don't hate a lot of things, but I hate Target. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you worked for Ford, too, and you didn't like that job very much either from the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but that was only like a short spurt. You know, it wasn't too bad. Well, see, I I worked production work as well back in the day for a place called Westfield. I worked there for about a year. I I understand that pain, dude, and I understand other people's pain that are in those positions and want to get out of there and do their own thing. The the side to that is, is I personally believe that those people have an upper hand compared to myself is they're at a job where they're not draining their brain power into their job you know something like target something like production work you can walk out of there and still have you you could be spending all day at work thinking about what you're going to do when you get home and how to build what you're going to build when you get home i don't have that option at my job once in a while i'll get lucky and i'll be able to you know plasma cut out a part or something like that for myself for home it's usually after hours, but during the day and a lot of the days, my brain power gets sucked out of me. I come home and I'm just like, ugh. Mental fatigue know. is a real big problem. And, and it, I'll tell you what, the older you get, the less you have of it. I've, I've noticed my ability to sit and design something has decreased significantly uh, over the years. And it's just because my mental fatigue is setting in a little bit harder than it used to. And you're right. Like going home, like after a day of like doing all this design work or whatever you're doing, research and development work at your current day job, how hard it I can't even imagine how, how difficult it would be to sit down and try to like, you know, come up with a new concept for something at, at night, you know, after you've eaten mm. and hang hung out with the family and stuff, it would be pretty difficult, man. It's, it's definitely a thing. That's why I tell everybody when you're in your twenties, you have this endless, not endless, but you have a supply of energy you wouldn't normally have. And it's a great time to start that side hustle and get that going or go full time. Uh, Brian and I had this conversation when he was deciding to to do full time. I'm like, there'll be no better time in your life to do it than now. You don't Mm -hmm. have any kids. You don't have any major commitments, mortgages and all of that. Get used to it now. And then and then move forward. Now, if you're in your 30s, I still believe you can do it. I did it. I mean, I I quit my job when my when Dexter was like one years old. You know, it was just what I did. But it it definitely came with a lot of struggle. You know, uh, my my wife at the time did not work. We you know, we were on food stamps for a period of time there because we couldn't afford food. And, yeah, it's just, you know, but that's makes me appreciate what I have now so much more. You know, it's just depending upon where you're at in your journey. It just doesn't matter. There'll be it's just like having kids. There's never a good time or a perfect time to have a child. (laughs) I mean, it just you just have one. You just (laughs) dive in with both feet and go for it. Yeah, I kind of wish we would have had a kid a little bit earlier in our uh, in our engagement of life. But uh, it is what it is. Like you You said, you you do it. Yeah. And I'm damn happy that I did it, man. I tell you because a, a huge side of me did not want to have children in my life. I uh, I look at the world through a, a different type of glass than a lot of people do. Although I know there's a lot of people that look through it through the same lens as I do. Whereas the the way that the world is going is kind of it, it's a little dicey. And I always thought that bringing a child into this world was going to be um, somewhat irresponsible of me. 
not necessarily just because of the way the world's going, but just because of who I am myself as well as a person. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, bringing that kid into this world changed me so yes. damn much. And I am so appreciative of her. Oh, yeah. she makes me a better person. And I love making her a better person. That's one of my biggest goals in life now is, you know, before it was all about, you know, what do I want to do? Right. Well, now I got this person in my life that I'm like, no, what is, what does she want to do? What do I have yes. to do to ensure that she gets to enjoy life to the fullest? Right. So it's a pretty cool feeling, right? When you, and, and I, whenever somebody says like the world's going into a weird, like the world has been in a weird spot. Like we've had this, you know, if you think about our period of time, we're, we were born in a beautiful section of human existence because it's one of the most peaceful times uh, in the, in the, in the, in the history, the course of history of civilization right now. Oh, hell yeah. So when, and guess, of course there is like really negative things happening in other places and, and around us and all of that. But, you know, just think if you were born in the 1930s, it was pretty much, or in the tw late twenties, early thirties, you were pretty much guaranteed you were going to war. You, you know, if you were a young man or if you were born in our, my father's generation, you were going to get drafted and go to Vietnam. You know, you had these politicians making decisions for us. And, um, you know, we learned a lot about that, about the war machine. And it's and it's a it's a hopefully we never have to do it again. I, I can't say that we'll never have to. But it's like we live in a peaceful time right now. Oh, man. And we Even live just... in a beautiful time where we can sell anything on this thing called the Internet. You can get on there, <laughs> meet people like think about all three of us like hanging out on this podcast together. We would have never known. I would have never known any of you existed mm -hmm. had it not been for this technology. So, you know, I think of it in terms like that, too, where, you know, whenever I start thinking to myself, like, the world is really fucked up. Like, there's some shit going down. I think, well, my great grandfather fought in World War Two, you know, and 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 uh, he had to go ship off to war a couple of times and deployed a few times. It was just like, that's some scary stuff. You know, Those yeah. And you are hopefully we never talking you're talking about how your your early 20s is like the the best time to start a business and that's when you have all of your energy and all of your right. gumption to go imagine having to waste four of those years off fighting a war yep. you know oh, gosh. or who and knows, look what it all did. of your early early you know adulthood life all of the time that you're in your prime position to you know spend the time to build something up you're gone so yes this we are we are even, very very lucky to be you're in the very time lucky and use this Use this new information if you're listening to this podcast. Listen to this new perspective that we're all three of us are talking about right now, and think about every time you're kicking your feet up on your couch or you're not really doing something you wish you would be doing. Don't waste the time that you have. You know, make take this as a key for you to get up and get out to your workshop or wherever, or you know, go go fishing, do something with your time, go spend time with your family, because. You know, there's a lot of people that never got that opportunity or like Brian was saying, yeah, think about it. Like if you're in your 20s, but you were born during wartime, you know, you might spend five, six years deployed and that might have been robbed from you. You know, those timings might have been robbed from you. And right now we're in a, a period of general peace and, and hopefully prosperity. So get out there, man, go do something, make something and, you know, tag WFI projects, you know, build something because you this time you've been given of peace and prosperity is a gift. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift from our grandparents. Man. Really. <laughs> I like to look at it that way. I, I honestly do because I like like to think, you know, if 
grandpa my grandpa never did go to the war he he was lucky and managed to bypass that but had he gone to war and he saw where things are now i could very much imagine he would be very proud to see you know this is what we've produced with ourselves yeah. um because of what he's gone through right or what all his, that timeline what everybody went through you know lando it's funny because i didn't even think canada had a military i wasn't even sure if they what? were there. Come on, no. are you we freaking totally beat you guys before you. no i'm totally we, screw with you I, we I won a war against the united states before you guys i know i'm kidding I, I it was a joke it was poorly timed but i'll tell you i it was funny because one of the one of the guys that i live next door to was um rcaf and he was like one of my favorite people in the whole world. He's passed on now, rest in peace. But um, uh, it, it, and what's really super interesting, this this is like what makes the world like really super small. So I lived next door to this guy for like 10 years. His name was Larry Ward. He was uh, Royal Canadian Air Force and super good guy. Lived in Nova Scotia. Um, and a guy from Canada, when I started the Revolution Project, his name was Bob. He emailed me and he was uh, interested in getting a revolution kit and he lived in Nova Scotia and um, he tagged his email with uh, his name and then RCAF at the end. So I just wrote him back and I said, like, hey, I'd love to get you a kit up to Canada. We can quote that out or whatever, what it looks like to get it into into the, your country. And um, I said, you know, I live one of my favorite people in the whole world. I lived next door to for 10 years uh, was Royal Canadian Air Force. His name was Larry Ward. Within 10 minutes, I got an email back from this guy. Larry was this guy's boss the entire time. They were in the Royal Canadian (laughs) Air Force. No way. And and I was thinking to myself, is Canada that small where everybody (laughs) knows each other? Like, you know, I started thinking this way. But but the reality of it is, is that a lot of those guys during that period of time, because Larry was in his 70 or maybe 80s when he died. So he would have done the whole World War II thing um, initially or maybe. No, he was in Korea. He fought in Korea. And uh, these guys were super close and he didn't know Larry had passed on. And then I connected uh, Bob with Larry's son and the whole thing. And they, you know, they they exchanged information. And I just started thinking like, wow, it's like it's real serendipitous. A lot of that stuff has happened to me since like the whole thing of finding Ira out in Colorado through Ron, you know. (laughs) my cousin it's just the weirdest thing ever anyway i don't mean to sidestep the stories on you know and in fact i'm gonna switch gears because right now is a perfect time to bring up one of our favorite sponsors of the biggest sponsor of this podcast and that is maritimeknifesupply.com and by the way landon i i don't know if you know this but it they're in canada Maritime How, knives. Can you believe this? This is a. How theme. could I not know? How they sponsor know? Forge Side Chat too, buddy. Oh, that's right. They do. They sponsor your podcast. They sponsor Lawrence Knife is Talk. The, Lawrence is so Lawrence, awesome, dude. Like solid dude. Booyah. Tell us a little bit about Lawrence. What do you? You've worked with him before. So what? Uh, well, what do you I've, think about Maritime? I've never met Lawrence before, but I'm going to be meeting him in about a month's time because we're going to be meeting at the Great Lakes uh, Knife Show. Oh, and cool. he's he's planning on coming out to that. I'm flying out to Toronto for that as well. Man, what I do know of Lawrence is the guy is practically untouchable in this business. He has literally secured the knife making business in Canada. As far as I see it, he 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 offers anything and everything. His shipping is so fast. His customer service is on the spot. He's just like bam, 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 bam. And I just it it 
blows me away because there's there's been other suppliers here and there that kind of, you know, they carry this or they carry that. And Brian was just like, nope. Or, sorry, Lawrence. Lawrence was just like, I'm going to add this. I'm going to add that. I'm going to, what do you think about this? Should I add this? And he, me and him have gone back and forth about a couple things, actually. He asked me, like, what do you think about me adding this to the site versus, you know, doing something else? Or I, I give him the feedback that I think he can go with. And I'm sure he reaches out to other people that are involved in the circle of us, right? And gets feedback from that from everybody. And and that's that's what makes him awesome is he doesn't just do whatever. He makes right. sure that he's a crowd pleaser, right? And you have to be when you're in business. You're that's what business is, is pleasing the crowd. Smart business. I mean, this guy when w- him and I started talking back and forth, we immediately had a kinship. It did not feel like a business relationship. You know, it, do- it doesn't feel like a vendor, you know, sponsorship vendor type deal. Right. Lawrence is a maker. And and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you know, he has power hammers. He makes knives. He does all of these things. That's what got him into creating Maritime Knife Supply because he realized that there is an undersold market in Canada. He's also a business person. He's a CPA. This is kind of like his side gig. But he has really come up with such an amazing network of people who are working together to bring each other up. All, all uh, what is it uh, that I always say that... Uh, uh, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So that is nice. where Lawrence started. You know, he started just connecting with people and getting, you know, different ideas. Like Landon is saying, he's saying, this is how it works. How do I make this into this? And what do we need to make that happen? And then all these people chime in and then he stocks that into his warehouse and he can ship it into the U.S. too. And it doesn't cost any additional money. Uh, you can take advantage of the Canadian to USD exchange rate. And uh, just support a great uh, business. I just I just can't say enough about uh, Lawrence and his work there. So uh, yeah. anyway, we appreciate you, Lawrence. Check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Go out and, uh, you know, patronize uh, another one of my favorite Canadians who I will say, because I have met Lawrence at Blade Show uh, this year and uh, just a solid dude. Like I could hang out with him for like a week. You know, he's like one it, of those guys. It's him and Dennis that look e- like each other, right? I was just going to say, he, he is the Canadian <laughs> Dennis. And Dennis is Dennis a Canadian, Tyrell. too. <laughs> so, so Dennis, I don't think Dennis is going to be at the Great Lakes Knife Show. So, my plan is, whenever we walk past the mirror, uh, if I'm near Lawrence, I'm going to be like, oh, hey, there's Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> They do look an awful lot alike. I will say yeah. uh, it's very funny, but uh, but yeah. So go out and check out maritimenightsupply dot com, and we will. Uh, we don't have like a promo code or anything. I think Lawrence just kind of just is under the impression well, that, that just pushing everybody towards it and stuff. The like thing that, is, so. the thing is, is that his prices are so cheap. You already have a built in pro- like you don't need a promo code. Code. Yeah. It's just yeah. no. The prices yeah. are cheap. <laughs> Yeah, I, he, I did find out work. recently that he's the Actorox belts, the 36 grit ones. Yep. If you buy five of them, you'll save 10%. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So the he deals normally deals. buy 10 belts and save 10%. With those ones, it's buy five and save 10%. Good to know. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I love those belts, by the way. I, I absolutely love them. I have a I feeling I'm going to be falling love... in love with them soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're great. It's a great belt. So, All right, so moving forward... Um, I want to get into WFI projects real quick, unless of course you guys have anything else you would like to discuss before we jump into WFI projects. 
We can jump into projects. Yeah, okay. Do it. Buddy. I want to bring up, first and foremost, uh, Richard Beck at Beck's Armory. Uh, you can find him, Beck's Armory LLC, on Instagram. It's all one word. And he came up with a, um, he calls it a heavy-duty machine pedestal. Let me tell you why I think this is absolutely brilliant. He came up with like a flat packable uh, uh, pedestal for any machine. It could be for his grinder because he, you know, he makes the BA shredder. He also has a um, a disc uh, sander, uh, Vander sander made by our our yep. man uh, Mark Vanderwerf. Uh, they they collabed on this, the Vander sander, and there is. So when he came up with this concept. At first, I didn't really take notice. I'm like, well, it's just a machine stand. Like, okay. But then I started thinking about it. It's brilliant because it's flat packable. You you put it together. You can put casters on it or not or whatever. He also came up with this cool concept where you fill the bottom of it with uh, cement. So it's like you don't ship that part of it with it. You pour the cement in. You mix it and let it cure and all that. And that, that's what provides the weight to the bottom of the this pedestal. But nice. think about how many things you have in your workshop that you would love to have on a pedestal where you could like roll it around. And it's mm. a heavy duty one. Like it's a like it looks like three eighths an inch thick steel, most of it. And I'm See, thinking this is such a smart idea. I absolutely love it. So, Richard, hats off to you, man. I appreciate it. I probably will buy one of these uh, because that's just such a and it's adjustable, like height adjustable and everything. That's he, good. He, yeah, adjustable yeah. height is really good to have. Yep, that's yep. huge for sure. I'm yep. going to go ahead and bring up Bird Forge. He's got a little sneak peek of a knife that he's making right now. It's got the wooden epoxy, and the epoxy is actually this blue and orange swirl color. And he's got in the in his thing, it says Go Gators. So I don't know if he's making it for a Florida Gators fan, but man, this this little bit, it's just showing off the little like bolster area of this knife. So it's just and this little pins. sneak peek. These pins, I was going to bring up the the quarter-inch pins. They are right up my aisle. Like, this is exactly what I love. I love those quarter-inch pins, big, beefy pins. And this thing is absolutely fantastic. Bird Bird Forge, go ahead and support him. I know he still has that waffle going on uh, to try to get him through because he got laid off. And I've brought it up a couple times already, so I won't go through through the whole spiel. But go over and support him with that raffle and uh, get that thing going. He hasn't sold out that raffle yet. Um, I think I don't think he has an upper limit on it because it's, or maybe he does. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I bought I, into it. I I know, and it's it's a really good thing to do because he got laid off and he's you know trying to jump into full time work and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, jump in on it. I don't I don't think he's he hasn't really he hasn't said that he's sold out yet. So I don't think it's sold out yet. So there's still time to jump okay. in. Gotcha. The raffle game is a. Uh... That's a, I don't know. It's a dicey one for it me is. because I, I've I've wanted to jump into that, but I'm like I, I'm I'm not ready for it yet. That's one of the big things, like with ha- making hammers and stuff like that. But when you're when you're doing that, um, like I, there's a side to me that just feels really bad that the people that are buying tickets that don't win aren't getting anything out of it. Like, we do a sticker do ever- pack. Like okay, if you buy a t- if yeah, so like you got you guys make stickers, so you buy into a sticker pack, everybody gets one, and then that is an entry into the raffle. That's right. So that See, everybody I've seen gets you one. do that. I didn't oh, smart. I did that once, and I had such an issue with shipping those damn stickers out that I didn't yeah. do it this last time. Speaking of, 
I still have my winner, Catherine Billings, still a no show. <laughs> Catherine, if you're Here, not, I had a come on. About this. Do you want this so, fucking knife or not? <laughs> I heard, I heard what you said about this on the last episode. Yeah, I listened to it and I was like, you know what I think it is, is what? that I think it was a husband of somebody who bought a raffle ticket, but the wife's name is on the PayPal account. That very well may be. Okay, so because people do this all the time, they buy like I get a like like a Lindsay Smith or something will buy a Revolution kit, and I know it's not for Lindsay Smith. That's like the wife, right? Sure. Um, and then you know, of course, we have to like figure that out. But um, that could be very much what is happening. But it also is a little bit suspect that they're in Saginaw because right, they're close right. to you. So it's like somebody in your family or a friend of a friend or something bought that ticket. Well, here's what I'm thinking is I had a lot of friends locally share that post. And I'm guessing that somebody saw it off that shared post. So there's no real connection there. Like because it's a friend of a a friend. Yeah, I I have. You got to do what's the best. Okay, so you did. I have sent a letter. Yes. Got it. It kind of blows me away that somebody's email account linked to their PayPal account is like not active. I tried to send an email to it. It's so weird. I sent an email. I immediately got the failed to deliver, you know, email back. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I'll tell you, I ship a lot of stuff and there's a whole lot of motherfuckers out there that don't know how to spell their street address. (laughs) It is unbelievable. Sometimes we get packages back and it's like, you didn't even like get close, bro. Like this is even (laughs) way wrong. You know, like Uh, it's way wrong. So, but I love you guys. I love all my customers. I'm just making fun of you. It's it's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, we appreciate you. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out an old post from Gentry Custom Knives. For some reason, this post is from September of last year. It's the GL Hansen, um, like purple my uh, G Carta that he put together, and it's like a uh, it's a. I don't know what you would call this, almost like a ladder pattern Damascus blade that he put together. Matt, your work is so freaking clean, buddy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is unbelievable. We appreciate you so much, though. And then whenever I t- we talk about somebody's stuff on a on the podcast, Brian, what I've been doing is just putting a comment on that picture that says we discussed this on the podcast. That way, they so you're know. saying I should probably do the same. <laughs> well, I think we should make it a, poli- a policy that we okay. do it, just so that they know that it was shouted out and all that. Well, that's really awesome of you guys actually to do that. That's that's nice. So I would feel very happy to get a message like that, that, hey, you, we talked about you. I, th- oh, I think I awesome. did that on one of your posts, didn't I? Land you have, you've brought me up on the podcast before with one of my posts, that's yep. for sure. I don't know if you, yeah. Do you mind if I bring up somebody? Yeah, by all no, means. Yeah, definitely. Um, so... I, this person follows me, and we've talked to each other before, but I've noticed that they're on WFI projects, and it's Stormlight Forge. Oh, yeah. They're getting uh, Damascus from you know Baker Forge and Tool, or um, there's this other one that I see here, uh, RD Blacksmith. And yep. what whatever this person is doing with their coloring and their etching, all sorts of stuff, man. Like the, the amount of... Uh, cool looking Damascus patterns and stuff that they're playing with when it comes to the Damascus. I don't see a lot of other people doing this kind of stuff like that, the deep, deep etching so that you really like the layers really pop out. I don't, I don't see a lot of that. And this guy's doing that or. Yeah. He's, he's doing like long etches in ferric to pull back all those textures. Unbelievable work. 
He's out of yeah, Texas. I love that. Yeah, it is yeah. really interesting. And he's getting, you're right, he's getting a lot of it from uh, Koi over at uh, Baker Forge and Tool. And just, yeah. uh, may, it almost looks like titanium, some of the stuff. He's, it's interesting. I had to apologize. I have to apologize because I wasn't sure if uh, if it was a guy or a girl or whatever. I I've never seen a face to the uh, to the. To the Judging post by before, the so. fingertips in his right, that's videos, what I'm looking I, at I'm now too. Fairly yeah. certain it's a dude. <laughs> Stormlight, yeah. if you're a woman, you have uh, you very manly hands. You ever seen that uh, episode of Seinfeld, Man Hands, where she's like uh, opening jars of pickles and stuff? It's great. Well, I'll tell you what, when I. Uh, Back in the day, I was getting picked up by a, a girl at the bar, and when she held my hand, I realized that uh, this is where this ends. <laughs> a little, little bit of thick, thick-wristed woman there. Is that uh, what you're trying yeah, to say? <laughs> a little hand stronger than mine. I was like, oh, boy. That's, that's how they build them up there in Canada. <laughs> no. <that's... laughs> Did she work in an oil field? Trucker's <laughs> <laughs> parking lot, eh? <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of lizards down here oh yeah, we, we get them up here we get them up here too <laughs> good yeah it's, you know gotta, you they gotta make a living somehow oh. i mean you know come on uh all, all right. right so i want i want to uh a shout out uh o sully so and i think it's a zero it's not an o like the letter o it's zero sully but i he's on wfi projects uh butch sullivan uh he has a website butch Super clean work. He's uh, just check him out. Uh, at the time of this recording, is twenty three hundred and eighteen followers. Go over and give him a, fo- a follow and a shout out. Um, his Damascus work is amazing. Oh, wait, actually, he's buying his stuff from Fifty Fifty Forge. Actually, now that I look at it, um, but uh, really cool stuff. So it's zero, like the the number zero, and then Sully S U L L Y. He's from South Philly. I've got Red Snake Forge. He's working on a little hunting knife. It's got a really cool bolster going on. Looks like it's just mono steel, but this handle material, it is curl- stabilized curly maple from Phoenix underscore knife underscore handles. Holy cow, is that just popping? I love the way that that looks. So good. But yeah, so Red Snake Forge, go check him out. Also, uh, Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs. Uh, he looks like he's working well this is actually an old post from may but he's back at it with the uh, the casting of his uh the cap the aluminum cap for his gas cap for his car that he's making i don't know if you guys are following along with that process he's uh doing the wooden car thing i know he goes back and forth on it like he's working on it sometimes and then other times not but at the time of this recording is 5287 5287 followers on instagram it's full underscore steam underscore designs and uh, he's also a patron of ours, so go over and give him some love. Follow Chris's work. He's been on the podcast. He's just like a super interesting guy. We met him at Blade. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you remember, but we Oh, yeah, he was great, dude. Great, dude. Yeah, good guy and uh, solid, solid human being. So go give him some some straight love. And uh, let's see. I don't know. You want to do one more, and then we'll move on. I know, like, last week you guys didn't – I don't know if you got to work for it, uh, projects. I didn't. I only listened to like three quarters of the podcast. No, they couldn't get them out because you weren't there, buddy. You're, Is that you what it was? List. Yeah, you have the list. Oh, you're talking about the patrons. Yeah, yeah we, the patrons. We, oh, I had the list. My bad. We hit yeah. up WFI. We just didn't get the patrons because you have the list. Got it. Okay. My bad. Got That's it. right. Do you want to take one more, Lando? 
Do I want to do a shout out? Sure, do it. Yeah, do it. Does it have out. to be from the WFL no. projects or no, whatever you, you can want? Pick anybody yeah. you want. Um, shoot, you know what? Who? Uh, Whiskey Delta Met- Metalworks, I believe, is his name. Let me just double check that real quick here. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey Delta Metalworks. Yeah, uh, it's a gentleman, Jason. Dwight. I think you've brought him up before on the podcast. Actually, now that he's I think actually about a it. patron of ours. Yeah. He, I, I've spent time with him. We were at Cloverdale Forge here in Winnipeg. Well, it's just outside of Winnipeg. We did a, a tong making class together just recently yep. in June. It was three classes throughout June. At The guy's a gent. How do you He's pronounce his last awesome name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I butchered it at like a couple of times, and then he messaged me, but I can't remember how to say it. I think it's Duguay. 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 Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Jason, I sense. apologize, buddy. I, I'm yeah, an idiot. Sorry, man. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just I, call him Hoser. So hey, Hoser. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so you guys, are you guys ready for this? We have 73 patrons now. Wow. Amazing. Love it. 73. I just got a notification from Patreon. They're like, "You're making too much money. We're gonna need your tax uh, information now." And all this <laughs> stuff. I'm like, "Oh, great." No, nice. Um, you ready for this? Let's do it. I'll I'll read the list. Uh, Marcus at MW Steelworks. Mark Vanderwerf of 118 Blades. Justin Miller of Florida Man Forge. Devin and Dustin O'Hare of The Art of Craftsmanship. Noah Bloomberg, which is Antioch River Forge. Michael Nye, Jamie the Squid, Jamie Blow. Eric at Overall Maker Works. Bob Ryan, Brigham Kendell. Scott Wilkerson at Phoenix Works. Scott, where are you at? Where are you at? Let's get, let's get some more posts going, buddy. I, I love seeing your work. Uh, Menster underscore Hill underscore Forge, Keith Drennan of Blackthorn Concepts, Bob, which is at Shed underscore 72, Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives, Mark LeBlanc, which is Papa underscore Hatch underscore Axe, Ken Kemna, Crafty Man Forge, James Hunsberger of Hunsberger Knives, Cardoso Knives in Portugal, Material, Knife Material dot AT, Moonshine Leatherworks, Brian Absher. Working Hands Podcast. If you're not listening to the Working Hands Podcast, you really need to. They're awesome. Lando, do you listen to them? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Ryan Chadborn Knife Works. Uh, He is a co-host of the Hustle and Grind Podcast. And uh, go check that that podcast out, Hustle and Grind with J.K. Blades. Carol Ann Jeanette Racine. She is our general executive wooden spoon carver uh oxford blade company maritime knife supply.com richard beck over at beck's armory.com jared weaver at weaver's custom metalworks which is master of metal manipulation on instagram leon shanks of two bird blade works two birds blade works dennis terrell of terrell knife works Thomas Moberg, TMO Knives, Donnie Dulovich, Maximus Knives, Troxclair Custom Cutlery, Echo Blades, Jared over at Echo Blades, Nate Wapole, Burn Blades, which is Zach Burn, Full Steam Designs with Chris Powell, Wesley Crumb, Benjamin Mullins, Matt Bicker at DIY Europe, Justin Yahima at Handmade underscore by underscore Kai, Toby Mural of UK Knife Maker Supplies, Jeremy of 419 Forging, my cousin Ira Housewart and Forged in Fire Champion, Reaper Metalworks, Bobby over at Reaper Metalworks, Chris Larson at the Midnight Dash Maker, 
Sven Njord Artisan, we appreciate you for correcting me on the pronunciation of your name, Sven. I appreciate you, buddy, and uh, making me not have to say it every episode. (laughs) Uh, Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations. Todd Harrington of TH Blades. Kyle Daly of Cage Daily Blades, or Cage Daily Knives, I should say. Adrian Brielle at Adrian Brielle underscore Forge. Lando Novak, abstract blacksmith. I know that guy. <laughs> Before, but once I'm done reading this, I remind me to ask you something about your name. Okay. Uh, Woodland Iron. That's Tony over at Woodland Iron. Timber Tiger Forge. Chris Magnus. Zachary Sowell at Pater Nostri Fabrica. New Forest Forge. Stu Middleton. Ron Hips at RH Maker Solutions. Brian Hinnenkamp of Tortuga Bladeworks, Bremer Built Knives, Gage Broski, Jake Largan, Parable Custom Knives, that's Manny G, Austin Saunders of High Caliber Craftsman, Coy Baker of Baker Forge and Tool, Darren at Stormlight Forge, we just shouted you out a few minutes ago, Ah. and Jason Duguay, Duguay, over at Whiskey (laughs) Delta Metaworks, a Rue Bladeworks, which is Jason Moss. Spencer at Heavy underscore Forge. That is our general executive CEO and controller of the Woots division of work for it. Uh, Dustin Shaner. Guile. Giles. How would you pronounce this? This is a French name. G-I-L-L-E-S. Is it Giles? Giles? Your guess Lando? is as good as mine. I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to butcher it, dude. Yeah, okay. I can't. So am I close anyway? Is it guys? I, I, I think it's Giel. Giel? Giel? Yeah. And his last name is Peltier. So it's P-E-L-L-E-T-I-E-R. Uh, and Giles or Giel, if we butchered your name enough, feel free to uh, send us uh, a scathing uh, email or D- DM. I know him. On I'm gonna leave He's now. Yeah, I know, right? I'm just like, God damn it! I t- all these names, I'm like, I have a hard time with. Uh, Ethan J. Taylor, which you guys know as Ethan the Hat, are uh, nice. he's also the uh, he's the comptroller of chocolate. So, he's a chocolatier. Cool. Mm, Appreciate you. Love chocolate. Appreciate you Me all. Too. Yeah. Seventy-three of you supporting the Work for It podcast, and if you're interested in doing the same. Go to work for or go to patreon.com forward slash work for it, and the money gets dumped into a bucket so that we can uh, do things like go to Blade Show and uh, you know other stuff, other fun stuff. So we're you know, it's mostly like trip related type things. Hey, so. I, I did it, so you should too. It <laughs> yeah. helps these boys out, and that's exactly why I did it. I'm giving these guys an undisclosed amount of money every month. And it's because I want to see you boys go to places like Blade Show and bring your podcast there. I love what you're doing, man. And I just want to see it get better, dude. Dude, man, thank you so much, man. We so appreciate it, man. That is like the coolest thing. And um, I I wanted to ask you about your Instagram handle because I think I have an understanding of why you call yourself the abstract blacksmith because I get this – I get this like existential component from you. You're an intellectual. So you're a lot like me. Like I, I feel like in terms of Whoa. 
in terms of like uh did you just say i was smart kind of or something <laughs> no, i said you're an intellectual that didn't that doesn't mean you're necessarily smart but what i'm saying is <laughs> you see world the world is like an ex with an existential curve to it does that make right. sense like you're yeah what i what i notice about your content when you create content it's very educational, number one. You're like always giving away tips and things that you've come up with over time, the things you've learned. But it's also like it's got a spin to it where I think you're kind of a big picture guy. Like you're very, you're, you look at the world a completely different way than most people, which is, you know, you see things as they are, but you know they're not quite like that. Does that make sense? Is that why you call yourself the abstract blacksmith? Uh, you know what? I I didn't come up with that name. My really? father-in-law came up. Yeah, my father-in-law gave that to me. No um, I made something one year for a gala because my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, um, the long story there, but sh- long story short, my brother-in-law was murdered <clears throat> when he was 19. Oh, shit. And in uh, retrospect of that happening, my mother-in-law and father-in-law started a uh, foundation to help people that, to help youth. Um, that are involved in drugs, alcohol, gang relations, stuff like that. Because unfortunately, my brother-in-law made some some bad decisions, and and ended up, um, you know, ended up catching up to him. So um, they started this foundation. I made a donation to it one year f- for an art project. You know, this goes back probably about fifteen years ago now, and I was just I. I just whipped something up out of, out of the blue. I was like, yeah, whatever it is, what it is. And people, everyone was like, Oh, this is the most amazing thing ever. You should do this for a a living and blah, 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 blah. And my father-in-law really started to, you know, try to amp me up a little bit about it and said that I should do this stuff. And, you know, you need, you need a business card for, for this donation so that people can take your business card. So he whipped me up a bunch of business cards with abstract blacksmith on it and kind of started that ball rolling. But then uh, oddly enough, a year or two goes by and he sat me down and he's like, you'll never, you'll never make it doing this stuff. You'll never, you'll never make enough money to be happy, Lyndon. And Uh it just crushed, crushed that ball rolling, dude. Oh, and it, it took a few years for me to kind of, uh, well, he passed away. He had a heart attack. And after he passed away, for whatever reason, it was, you know, it's, this is the f- most effed up thing, actually. My friend that helped me build a forge that kind of, he's the one that really got me into blacksmithing. He was in the garage with me when I got the phone call that my father-in-law oh. passed away. Mm. And it's just this, this such a messed up mumble jumble of all these different events that constructed what it is now but yeah man you know it's i've had um a counselor has told me in the past that you you just you look at things in a in a weird way man but it's like a really good way yeah and uh, my buddhism i have a buddhism guru that i speak to once a month every couple of months type thing and we're on a, she just, she's on, on this level with me where we're just like, you know, this, this world is such a beautiful place, but it's so ugly at the same time. And we just, we just want to find the beauty in this world and, and be happy. Right. You so, know, when I, yeah. when I hear the, that someone told you that you couldn't do it, like it would be tough for you to do it. 
I, I have had many people tell me this too. <clears throat> and when I was a young man, I was told that I was like not going to be successful by certain key people in my life. And that did hold me down. It held me really down um, for a long time. And then uh, someone told me, and it was like it was like a friend in college or something. And they said, when someone tells you that they that you can't do something, it's it's because they're projecting their own life experiences yeah. onto you. And it's a really unfair thing to do to someone because you don't really know the answer. You know, that like if I were to tell you that you would not be successful at something, I don't fully know that. I mean, I can gauge, you know, like if, if a business idea is good or not. But whether or not you're going to be successful is really up to you. And exactly, yeah. The, boy, is that such a heavy uh, bag to carry. So I encourage, I'm sure you've already done this, but I encourage you to leave that baggage at the door and just walk through it because it's really oh, yeah. his, it was his journey. And, and, and I wouldn't yes, figure this exactly. out until later, but the people who told me that I couldn't do it, they were probably told they couldn't do it. And then they failed at it if they tried. Right. And, and it's an unfortunate cycle and we have to end it. You can be supportive of someone's dreams and goals without telling them absolutes like that. I mean, it is, it is, if, if someone is important to you, tells you something, a lot, a lot of people don't realize the value of their words on others. It's, it's, man, you really should examine. And that made me examine everything that I say moving forward. Because if somebody yeah. tells me something yeah. or asks my opinion, I try to be supportive in a realistic way. I try to say, right. like, I don't realistic. know much. Yeah, I don't know much about that, but let me tell you my experience, and this is how it's gone, but here's how I would maybe look at it. I would never yeah. tell somebody, like, hey, you're not going to be able to do this because I don't know that, and neither I'm sure, did he, you know? I'm sure you would tell them you're going to have to work your ass off to get what you want, but there, there's a big difference between telling someone this is going to be hard and telling them this is not worth doing because it's so hard. Yeah, that's, I, well, I feel I'll like you got you what, the wrong though, side of that. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, there's a side to me now that realizes there's a very good possibility that it wasn't him being negative towards me. It was actually him being positive in an undermining you know, style of you know, trying to light a fire under my ass of saying, no, you can't do this, and me turning around and going like, oh, yeah, watch me. <laughs> I mean, that could be it. I, you know, I don't know him personally, but like, I just think like, you know, it's, it's, it's a heavy, that's a heavy thing to lay on somebody. It, it was a heavy pill to swallow, man. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I hear you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I can see your success and I appreciate that you're in my life, Landon, because it's like oh. one of those things, man. It's Likewise. like, bro, you're one of those people. Whenever I see your face pop up in my feed, I stop and listen to what you have to say. I always learn something from you. I always oh. see, you know, your, I see what you're doing and I appreciate it. And and I love your yeah. podcast too. So that's like, that goes all hand in hand. You know? You're stroking me in all the right ways. Oh, here, I'll, I'll tickle Woo. you in places you've never been tickled, Landon. I'm Whoa. telling you right now, buddy. <laughs> tickle the pickle, buddy. That's, that's, that's what I tell our buddy uh, Token Tobin all the time. Just tickle that pickle, buddy. <laughs> so to lighten uh, the mood over here, Lando, uh, do you have a dad joke? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I kind of dropped one right off the hop there with the, the septic tank thing yeah, and whatnot, did. right? I didn't have my yeah, trombone so, uh, ready. I thought about grabbing it. 
That's you know, pretty I, funny I, though. That was a that was I, a pretty good one. Um. Oh, I, I okay. So I this I'll steal this one. It's it's stolen as is almost all jokes, right? Yeah. Um. I I kind of have to do it in the essence of it was it's me telling the story. So I met this guy and um he's telling you know. Hey, how's it going? Blah 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 blah. My name's uh, Bodelicious. Okay, what? Yep. B- call me Bodelicious. All right, sounds good. And you know, calling him Bodelicious all day long or whatever. And then buddy comes by. They know each other. And I'm like, yeah, Bodelicious. Would you call him Bodelicious? What the fuck? Where did you get that from, man? His name's CJ. CJ, man, he told you to call him by his initials. <laughs> I, I don't understand that what <laughs> bodelicious by my initials uh, oh, I don't know. yeah it's a bad that was bad can you edit that out do you guys don't edit no we don't. don't of course no, we don't. not no, son of a fine. gun see this is why we it. edit because i say stupid stuff like that all the time <laughs> uh, i didn't come prepared with a dad joke sorry i, I dropped it at the beginning i should should have held on to it i guess That's okay. so, That's okay. so the and the other thing i have to address is sometimes i call you lando and then other times i call you linden which is yeah like a little it's like but your legal name is is Lyndon or is it? Nope. I don't have a legal name. You don't have a legal name. I see how it is. <laughs> no. Uh, I have a v- issue with social media and using my real name on social media. I, gotcha. I don't know what it is, okay. but I'm just like weird like that. Hey? I'm with you. So, um, but yeah, Lyndon, if you ever, yeah, if we ever hang out. Call I like Linden. calling you Lando because uh, it reminds me of uh, Lando Calrissian from yeah. uh, Star Wars. And I think it's That's, great where it comes from yep. so yeah i think it's great yeah. well that and and the peter griffin lando episode oh yeah no see yeah. i don't yeah I don't, I don't follow family guy although it's a pretty funny show i just haven't watched it in a long time it re-sparked it when that came out because this was like lando was like freaking junior high that came up or whatever and then it kind of got dropped when i got into skateboarding and snowboarding everybody started calling me lindog lindog then, Ooh, that's good too cool. yeah so I, I, that one, I still have people that knew me from those days that still call me that. And it's like, whoa, that's so weird. I haven't heard that in so long. I'm start calling you Lindog. Like oh, it. shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you've done. Look what you've done. Uh, all right. So uh, swirling back around uh, to what we've got going on in the workshop this week, because I know we ne- we didn't really get into that. Brian, what, what you guys, do you You guys didn't do a dad joke? Oh, I could do a dad joke. I got a book here. I got. I was sure. actually like, actually through. make somebody laugh instead of my lame ass <laughs> joke. Uh, I think I it. this okay. is an old one uh, that I've used in the past, but it's so funny. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. I remember when the shovel was invented. It oh, was yeah? truly a groundbreaking creation. Yes. You can thank yeah. Ben over at Ben's Bites for sending me a dad jokes book. It has 301 jokes in it. So we could tell a joke almost every, uh, for every show we'd have what, like, you know, three, what's it, 52 weeks in the year? We're going to have like, we could have like eight different years of dad jokes and never tell them all. So. I had a joke book, like a dad jokes book from the 80s. Was it good or bad? I had to throw it out. All the jokes were old. (laughs) 
Where's your trombone, Brian? That's a Dude, joke. Dude, I just on. put it away. I'm sorry. I put it away. Yeah, I put, it, put away. it away. I don't buy it. Uh, do you actually play the trombone, dude, yeah. like every time? Yeah, that's, he does. That's, that's so not amazing. a soundbite. He actually <laughs> sounds There it is. Yeah. Like that's it. so cool. Yeah. I bought a trumpet, but I can't play that thing worth a damn. Oh, it's all right. It's not for everybody. Yeah. All right. So sorry. real switch. Let's switch into, Brian, what you're doing in the in your workshop. And then um, I'll, I'm, I don't really have much going on other than I'm just packing a shit ton of orders. But uh, I'm, I'm still working screw it i'll just start, i'll talk about what i'm doing because i got back from colorado and i started working on uh you know obviously shipping but then um we are uh finishing up i'm finishing up the ribbon burner project the 3d printed ribbon burner thing that i did uh right before i left for colorado so this week be on the lookout i'm gonna pour castellite 30 which is uh kind of like a refractory cement that's a castable cement and then, um, <clears throat> so I had uh, a dream uh, just before I left for Colorado about taking my forge project once it's done and converting it into a foundry project. Oh. So it's not that far of a leap, right? So, you know, once we get the forced air burner figured out, I've been talking with Spencer about this. Uh, then moving into designing and creating a, a small foundry. Sweet. Which would hold like a 10 kilogram crucible or something. And then that would be something that you could potentially make Woot's steel in. So when I build my first one or two, I'm going to send one to Alaska and have Spencer use it go. and make Woot's with no it way. and i was then, gonna say you have to send one up to him <laughs> yeah oh definitely yeah absolutely and and then and then we'll see because when i was at kilroy's i got a chance to witness um a, a melt not not woots but uh, i think it was bronze mm. and it was and i've always wanted to i get sucked into i don't know if you guys ever watch those videos on youtube but like the um the guy like there's one guy his it's his name is big stacked like big stack and then with a D at the end. And what he does is he's in Australia. So what he does is he goes to like a scrap yard and he finds like a motor or like an old charging unit for like a car or a truck or like uh, just any junk that's got a lot of precious metals in it. And then he breaks down all those things into their like uh, form. So if it's copper, it's copper and brass and whatever. And then he melts it down. It's all ASMR. So there's no talking. And he just mm. does this in his garage. And then he makes these gold bar or not gold bars, but like just bars. And he has like uh, molds for all these different ingots and things that mm. he makes out of them and polishes them up. I got sucked into that. And I mean, he's got like six years of content on YouTube. It's so oh. freaking good to watch, like so much fun to watch. I'm like, man, I want to try that. I want to like get into casting and, you know, watching Chris Powell do it from full steam's to full steam designs by the way chris powell has a really good podcast out now called makeshift so go find makeshift podcast it's really good if you need another podcast to listen to but chris has been doing it for a while and he's got like a devil's forge version of it but what i've discovered is a lot of these foundries that you buy on amazon stuff they're all just k they're basically forced air burners with like uh actually some of them aren't even forced air they're just like standard 
Venturi burners. Venturi. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're you if in order to get three thousand Fahrenheit, which is what is required to make woots, you'd have to have a forced air burner. There'd be no way you could do it with a Venturi. I don't think. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, Spencer just basically uses a forced air burner, and he uses like a shop vac to mm. to produce the air, you know, to get those temperatures that he needs. So uh, I was thinking with the forge project, converting it into a foundry. So then, of course, I started think, looking into that, and then I started designing it in CAD and whatever else. Because the, really, the most complicated part of that entire build is the ribbon burner, and we're going to have that done. Like the forced air burner is like by far the hardest part, and um, the rest of it's just you know a casing with insulation and everything. But I want to do it without Kaowul, if it's possible. I'm trying to stay mm. away from things. I don't that, see why you couldn't. Yeah, I don't see why I couldn't either. Maybe you have some insight on that, Lando, because I, I, I don't should, know. You should be able to get away with just straight refractory. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. My, like, well, I would I, use Castle. Forge is just bricks. Yeah, well, or I was thinking of doing, um, and I don't know if anybody has any information on this, but making my own soft fire brick. Like, you know how they do with, like, they inject air into the mixture and then they cast them? I don't know if you know anything oh. about that. Wait, Brian, no, you you want to make your own bricks? Don't you have enough going on in your shop? Well, you're right, <laughs> Brian. I appreciate the hip check on that. But I, I, I will say that I, I've, I'm fascinated by it because I don't want to make bricks. I want to make the, the mold that would slide down into the foundry, basically, so that you're not trying to stack soft fire brick inside of it and all of that. Where I, you know, Because Castellite okay. 30 is rated up to 3,200, I believe, Fahrenheit okay. or close yeah. to it. Yeah. So I think we could do it, and I think it would be a really cool project. Even if no one bought into it, I think it would still be a pretty fun thing to, to do. So, I think the, ma- the main reason for the kill wool is just to create an insulator between the uh, refractory and the steel and the body. Steel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, the problem so the- with that is, is most people just put Satanite on it and call it a day. They're really not protecting themselves fully from the, the stuff that can come off of the kill wool. Like if that Satanite mm. gets damaged, you know you're releasing ceramic fibers into the atmosphere around you while you're working, which I think is pretty well, dangerous. I mean, Satanite is one step ahead of putting only ref- um, what is it hardener to right. get that uh, the, yeah, the spray that, hardener, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I know lots of guys that do just that in their forge, and it's like, no, that's. That's not what it's meant for, you guys. You don't just line your kill wolf with it. Right. Just it burns off anyways, right? You might as well not even use it. Yeah, I agree. So if I do it, I would do Kaowul, Satanite, and then ITC one hundred. So it gives an, yeah. a, you know, or Kaowul that's been hardened with a spray stiffener, and then Satanite, yep. and then the ITC one hundred ceramic coating, so that you would have all those layers. If we couldn't do the soft uh, insulating fire brick project that we were thinking about doing so mm. that's what i got going on if anybody has any information on that i'd love to get some feedback uh so uh feel free also i played with a steven bader uh four by so this bell grinder is four inches wide by 118 inches long whoa the belt it's made by oh, yeah. steven bader out in new york new york and i immediately started designing one when i got back like I was like I gotta make a grinder that of that size. It was such a cool thing to like run. Not that this is even like relatively anything that most home workshops could ever own because it's like six feet tall. Like it's a huge thing, but it was really neat. 
Well, that sounds really cool. Yeah, that sounds really some cool. Crazy sending machines out there, man. Super crazy. Like big, wide, four foot ones are out there and shit like that. Yeah. That's just insane. Did you see the one that <clears throat> Jason from Fireball Tool made out of like right? go kart wheels? It was like a seven inch or eight inch wide belt. And that oh, thing I missed that ridiculous. one. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's really cool. He made it out of go kart wheels. It's like one of his most watched videos on YouTube. Check it out. It's It's really interesting to watch. So to talk about what was going on in my shop, um, instead of talking about what I've done so far this week, I want to talk about all of the love and support I got last week because I got a bunch of things in the mail from my, my fellow makers, all those awesome, awesome people that listen to this podcast. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank uh, Brian, you, Brian, and uh, Ron Hips, who both got together and sent me a surface grinder. Uh, Ron Hips makes these surface grinders that are for sale over at housemade.com. And I got one. Dot and I'm, What? Sorry? Dot US. Dot US. Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to change that in my video. Uh, this is what you do. Video. I send you a surface <laughs> grinder and you screw up my website. <laughs> well, what shoot. I am, I'm going to have to uh, definitely put dot US <laughs> in, in the video. So I made I made a um, video putting it together and kind of showing off how to put it together so quickly and to set it up. I am just using it for the first time, and holy cow, is that a game changer! Such a cool attachment. So you got it running. You, you, yes, you got I got it, it up, up, and up on up yeah. on your Broadbeck. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, it Very went together good. super quick. Um, even just you know filming the video while I'm putting it together. I mean, it didn't take me more than forty five minutes, and that was stopping and starting the 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 uh, camera and you know trying to figure yeah. out how I'm going to say things. So if if I put it together in like 45 minutes, it, this thing would slap together in like 20 for the average person. Yeah, so it's a very uh, very simple machine, but really yeah. really sophisticated. A lot of really cool things that you can do with it. Love it. Really really. Cool. I, I it's it's got a tapering feature so you can yes, tape tangs on it. And uh, Ron is the brainchild behind it. I'm just the marketer and, you know, guy using it and giving them, you know, feedback basically. And then, uh, when we partnered together, we've sold a lot of them already. So, you know, and he's keeping busy making them. And so the, the idea was, is it would be an affordable surface grinder that does everything like these real expensive ones do. It's got magnet locks on it. Yeah. Those mag locks are amazing. Dude, that's like such a huge game changer because if you've ever done anything where you've had to pull a piece, like pull a knife off of a magnet that you can't turn on and off, you scratch the living crap out of you it. Do. There's just like no way, which basically defeats the entire purpose of the machine, in my opinion, because you can't do any finish work on it. And in in this case, Ron c- came up with you know a really solid solution to be able to turn those magnets on and off, be able to mm-hmm. taper your tangs and do all that. And we it's still sub $1,000, which blows my friggin' mind and yep. it fits on just about any grinder because he's made he put spacers in there that makes it work with just about any you know standard spacing uh two by i seven can confirm that it works on the broadback just fine and um it's awesome yeah really really cool yeah. the next Solid one I, dude too the next one i got a package from dennis tyrell we're doing this collaboration knife. Uh, basically, he's filming a video, and then I'm going to be filming a video. And uh, basically, he made this um, this Q-Mai with a Damascus core piece of steel that he formed into this this hunting style knife. He basically heat treated it, you know, got it all ready. He sent it over to me. Now I'm going to finish grinding up the uh, the knife and then doing the handles. 
and then we're going to raffle it off at the end. So this thing is really, really cool. I mean, you guys, you guys have all seen Dennis Tyrell's work out there. Um, I'm not familiar with phenomenal. him. I don't know. Oh, really? Weird, no. weird. <laughs> so I am, I've got knife. a lot of, yeah, he does. So I've got a lot of pressure going on just trying to live up to his level of work because that is just phenomenal. Um, yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you so much. Next one. I got a package from TR Maker. He has, I, I ordered um, 10 more of those stainless steel chef knives, and I also did 10 of the um, EDC3 knives. So those uh, those mid-tech knives yeah. are, are rolling. I'm super excited to get to work on them. Um, yeah, those, those things are really cool. I definitely did a couple different changes. So instead of grinding it all the way down to, to uh, sharp, I had them grind it only to between 80 to 90% so I can finish the bevels. I also had them leave the raw steel look up at the tops um, so that, you know, like I normally do with my knives. A lot of the knives I've been putting out lately has had that raw steel look up at the top. It just kind of fits my style a little bit. And that also makes it so that I can finish the bevels up to a higher higher grit. And, you know, the logo doesn't... the the laser etched logo doesn't end up getting ground away. So that's, that's kind of my, my reasoning for that. But yeah, so there's going to be 10 of those. And actually there's going to be nine of each because I have one that I'm going to be, I'm going to be building one of each for Jimmy Duresta and filming a video about him and sending it over to him. So Ooh, look at you. that's going like to be rubbing really cool. elbows with everybody. <laughs> hey man. Wow. Good girl. Uh, Brian, let's I'm, see. Man. That's awesome. <laughs> and then you my last ridiculous. one, the last one I got, well, I haven't gotten yet, but, but I've wait, seen there's the, more. There are is more. There is more. Holy cheese. I got a package from <laughs> Maritime Knife Supply. I ordered a bunch of them and I talked about last time where I ordered from them just before the 4th of July and it got to me right after the 4th of July. Really good shipping on that. You know, I just had to shout that out. And the last collaboration that I'm doing in the near future is I got um, a collaboration going with Carol and Jeanette over at um, Carol Ooh. and Jeanette. So yeah, Another one of those one of, one of those Canadian. chef knives, one of those mid tech chef knives. I'm making up for her and sending it over to her, and she's making me some wood spoons as a trade. So that's gonna be a really cool one. So check her out on. You know what Instagram. you should do with uh, with Carol Ann too is that um, I think I have this theory that she would make a really cool knife handle. You know, some of that smalted stuff she's doing with the olive wood and everything. I I just yeah. like look at her work and go like, why isn't she like hand carving handles for knives? That like would a, be cool. That would wouldn't be cool. It? Um, it would be pretty especially easy hand, for hand carved. Hand carved. And then she could just do like if she sent you the blank, like a wah style handle, you could drill out the top and cap it. You know, yeah. so it would be pretty easy to put a hidden tang into it. Yeah. I, I every time See, I look at her work, I think that I'm like, man, she, I bet she she could really make a cool knife handle. That's a really cool idea. However, that would be taking work out of my hands and onto her, and she's already making me some spoons. So that would kind of unbalance. I'm saying for a collab. I'm saying for like yeah. a collab. That would you're be doing really cool. a, you're doing a trade, but maybe like yeah. a collab. Like maybe like you make two blades, hidden tang, and um, she makes two handles, and then each one of you keeps it. You know, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be super cool. The one, the one cool idea. thing about that is we're both using uh, black uh, walnut, so it's kind of like oh, she's yeah. making black walnut spoons for me, and I'm the handle is going to be black walnut on her knife, so it's going to be kind of a cool where it kind of all matches together. But yeah, so that's been going on in my shop. I've just been feeling the love Busy from guy. all those people out there, just because. No kidding. I mean, everyone has reached out. A lot of these people have sent me these things, so it's just like holy cow. I feel like I don't deserve it almost, but you know. 
just busting my butt over here trying to make it happen. <laughs> you deserve it, Brian. You, and yeah. you're making it happen. And I think the love that you're seeing from the community is from people who see how hard you're working and appreciate your early development as a as a self-made person. So just and remember, the, a lot of these people, including Ron, by the way, because it was, you know, you and I had talked about getting you a surface grinder. Ron heard it on the podcast and then said, hey, I'd really like to make that happen. How can we make it happen? And, um, and so it, because he really appreciates your work and, and, uh, likes you as a person because he hears you on the podcast and hears how you're, you're making your way. So just remember that, that all of these good things that are swirling on around you are a result of your hard work and your perseverance and everything. So. I don't know. You, uh, you, you snap back wearing hipsters. (laughs) No good for nothing. (laughs) Yeah. I, that whole th- that whole thing it w- it with uh, the Odie's oil thing is is uh, seems to be calming down. But Ben had messaged us a couple of times, showing us like all the publicity and all the following that Odie's has gotten since that has happened. So it's almost like a like the, everybody's winning on it. I don't really know how, but it's it's actually turning out to be okay, I guess, which I think is fine. Crazy, and, and yeah, it's crazy, but. Yeah, I, I found that whole scenario pretty interesting. Lando, what what do you have going on in your shop uh, right now? Like, what what's a project, like something you're really enjoying working on? Oh, geez, uh, I'm trying to get that 2x72 put together okay. here still. Well, two of them, right? Uh, you know what? The It's not everything is a project right now because I, I've been here for, like, what, seven months now something like that eight months yeah and i'm it's still a matter of organizing and getting getting everything set up um the shop is there's a there's renovations i want to do to the shop itself and i'm kind of prepping for that to hopefully get some of that done before winter hits and no promises on my behalf to myself if i'm if i'm gonna get there just because there's Kind of other other things that are more important, like uh, you know, projects that I'm getting paid for versus things I'm not getting paid for, right? So, yeah, that's that's you know, I'm trying to get machinery set up and whatnot, and uh, get man, getting those power hammers going would be just and my press going again. Damn, man, I had a press and I I got over excited and I used it before it was fully ready to go and I ended up bending the ram on it I've had to replace the ram and like I've got I've got a brand new ram for it. I just haven't bothered setting it all up yet because I'm hey I'll get to it I'll get here there or whatever I've had a freaking full full take of propane for like over 2 months now man it's so unusual I'm not forging nearly as much mm. as I should so do you find that it's I, easier for you to work in the winter because it's you know you, the draw to be outside plus it's cooler it, you i mean do you i don't know what the weather's like i mean i i assume you have winter like everyone else but there's certain patches of canada that you know it's a little bit more mild are you in that patch yeah. or are you more like does no. it get like negative 10 <laughs> where you are and all that negative 10 Neg- uh, buddy. Uh, yeah it, that's nice those are nice days those, that, that's a that's a t-shirt and uh shorts that's, day for you guys you, well maybe not shorts but you'll catch me without a jacket on at minus 10 that's for sure you'll be go we'll go snowboarding in just a hoodie at minus 10 that's not a problem okay. All right. but uh yeah when it starts hitting minus 30 minus 40 that's celsius 
you know, things don't like to work. You, the truck doesn't even like to start, yeah. let alone me getting started. Mm. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be outside in that cold. You want to be inside. And I, I, I'm a very active person. I can't sit still at this point in my life anyways. Prior life, there's other things to that. But where I'm at now in life, I'm just like, I want to do things like constantly. I want to build. I want to create. And when it's that cold outside, I either have the option of, you know, doing something in the house with the family or whatever, or I'm in the shop. So if I'm not doing something in the family, I'm I'm in that shop trying to get things done. Yep. Come summertime and it's nice outside, I want to enjoy the yeah. the fresh air and do things and be out there. Even in the wintertime, if there's a nice day, last winter there wasn't very many of them. I, I want to get out there and enjoy the day, the nice days. And it's, it's the most terrible thing about it being in, in Winnipeg is I find that those nice days like to hit during the week during work hours when I'm at my day job. So yeah, it's, it's a tough balance there, but I, you know, yeah. Wintertime is definitely where I'll spend way more time in the shop versus summer. I think that's probably why I haven't burnt very much propane in the last couple of months is because summer's here. I'm doing all this yard work now. And like I said, renovating the shop and stuff. So it's a balance too. You know, that's the thing is one of the things I learned when I moved to Florida, because we don't have seasons here. It's just like hot and less hot. Is that I don't have any way of like timing my year. You know, it used to be when I lived up north. Yeah, winter time, I uh, would do a lot of workshop time. You know, my that was when I was making things. Summertime, I was traveling. You know, or camping or whatever, mm-hmm. or just getting drunk outside, which was one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. And um, and and so it's just like now when you hear all this like crazy stuff that happens in Florida, because number one, our state is so big, it's like huge. But um, also there like, people just have like all this time, you know, they're just like wandering around doing stupid shit, you know? And you're like, yeah. I need to focus and, and just lock down my, my days. And, um, but I do find myself being more productive in the winter, even down here because it is cooler. Like I can open up the doors and windows and, work and not worry so much about you know overheating and things like that but Mm. uh but yeah well hey listen lando i just want you to know how much i appreciate you i said it before and and i mean it and i want you to know how much i really do love and appreciate you and appreciate your work and um i just i'm just glad you're in my life man i really am before we shut this thing down I want to, I was going to do a little stinger on the end of this, but I'm just going to bring it up now yeah, so do we it don't now, have to Brian. deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, um, do it now, so Brian. we had some kind of sad news happen um, here. Uh, my my um, leather guy, Louie, I talk about all the time. His mother passed away last night, and um, oh. his, his family is not in a position to actually be able to take care of all of the end-of-life stuff. Um, so they have a GoFundMe going on right now. So if you guys could, you know, I will post it on my social medias on Beco Knives. So it's easy for you guys to see. If you guys can throw a couple of bucks towards them, they're they're in a bad way right now. It was unexpected. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to make it short and sweet. Please, if you guys could, you know, find a couple of bucks to send their way, they would greatly appreciate you guys. How are we going to find that link, Brian? Where do you want to put it? Where I will get put most visibility. I will put the link on my bio on Instagram. I will also make a post leading it to that link towards my bio. Okay. And then I'll also on Facebook, I will post it on both my personal page and my, my uh, Beacon Knives page. Do you happen to know her name by chance? Oh, boy. Laura, I believe it was. Laura, Laura. DeMarce. Okay. 
rest in yeah. peace, Laura. And, uh, and to those you've left behind, let's hope we can, we can give some assistance and, uh, help you move on to the other side. Sorry for uh, bringing this thing down, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brian. I was in a perfectly uh, fine know, mood until you started talking. No, uh, I, I no but yeah. good on you for, for doing that, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the thing, the man. Needs- if we have the power to make a difference in someone's life, even though they're not in it directly, why wouldn't we? And I think that's a great thing you're doing, Brian. Thanks so much for sharing that. And yeah. uh, guys, I think that's a show. I am, I'm, I've got to get back to work and, and uh, start crushing mm-hmm. it this week. Lando, again, thank you for your time today, man. And go listen to the uh, Forge Side Chat on any major podcasting platform. And we can find Lando Novak, abstract underscore blacksmith. That's correct, right? And on IG, on Instagram. And then also you can find him, uh, Lando Novak, on Facebook. And you can can see him there. He's somewhat active on Facebook as well. So. Anyway, guys, I hope you have a good working week ahead. I know I'm going to be working for it, and I know you are too. We truly appreciate your patronage. If you are donating to keep us live and high on, on the air here, we uh, we do appreciate that. You can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash work for it if you're interested in continuing support or starting your support financially for the Work For It podcast. And as always, guys, we hope to hear you on the next episode. My name is Brian House. This has been... Work for it. Work for it, baby. Yeah. Work for it. Did you did you get catch that, Brian? The timing on that one? Yeah, that was you that was nailed really good. it, buddy. Yeah. You yeah, nailed thanks. it. Thanks. Finally did you it. You finally did it. You finally got it right this time. <laughs> Work for it, guys. <laughs> I'm just busting your chops, Brian. I love you. You know this. Oh yeah.